Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Hi, you're tuning in to SEM Synergy. I'm Virginia Nessie, Content and Media Manager at Bruce Clay, Inc., and this is our weekly digital marketing podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Christy Kellogg, and I'm Social Media Editor at Bruce Clay, Inc., and I had the honor of interviewing some of my favorite inspirational and respected digital marketers over the last few weeks as part of our pre-SMX interview series. Yeah, Christy, it was a great series this time around as we approach SMX West, which is actually happening right now, March 1st through 3rd. This conference is one that Bruce Clay Inc. has sponsored and spoken and exhibited at since it began. And the reason is that this conference brings the digital marketing cream of the crop to the same place so that people like me and you can hear what people are doing with their paid media, organic search, and social media campaigns to bring them the best success for their businesses. SMX West is a great show, and I think it's awesome that we can extend the expertise of these digital marketers across the month during these interviews. I'm especially proud of how we've moved from text-based interviews to video interviews via live Google Hangouts. In today's podcast, you'll hear one of these pre-show interviews, this one with SMX speakers Mark Traphagen and Dustin Stout on all the topics of social media marketing. So we've split this 30-minute interview into two halves for you today. Listen as Dustin Stout of Wheel Media and Mark Trapagan of Stone Temple Consulting tell you the secrets to getting more Twitter followers and engagement. All right, take it away, Christy. Hi, I'm Christy Kellogg, the social media editor at Bruce Clay Incorporated, and I'm here with Mark Trapagan and Dustin Stout, and let's say hi to them. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi, Christy. Hi. So these two gentlemen are going to be speaking at SMX, which is coming up on March 1st. And if you don't know them, they're both really smart and really great. Mark is the Senior Director of Online Marketing at Stone Temple Consulting. And Dustin is the Chief Marketing Officer at Wheel Media Corporation. Do you guys want to share a little bit about your backgrounds? Go ahead, Dustin. Oh, uh, age before beauty. Uh, go ahead, Dustin. <laughs> uh, sure. I don't know. We've never we've never compared ages, so I'm not sure. You know. I'm not sure. Uh, okay, uh, you're definitely the prettier one. Uh, okay, well I'll, I'll take that. Uh, gosh, yeah, I've been in online marketing now for it, it seems incredible, but like 12, 13 years. Started out helping a bookstore, small independent bookstore, to get online. Kind of dove in the deep end. Found that I loved it and have been chomping away at it ever since. Very pleased and proud to work with Eric Anga at, at Stone Temple Consulting for about a little over two years now. So great. And Dustin, how about you? So my journey into the world of marketing is an interesting one. So I started out as just a simple youth pastor who um, didn't know really anything about web design or social media. All I knew was I was running a youth group and we needed a website. So I taught myself how to build websites and fell in love with WordPress and started blogging because I wanted a way to record the things I was teaching my students. And so I started blogging and then just realized that the best way that I learn is to 
write about what I'm learning as I'm learning it because I retain it better. And they say they, that you, I think it's, you retain 10% of what you hear, but 90% of what you teach. So I just started uh, writing about what I was learning in social media. I'm extremely social as a human being. I just love interacting with people. So when the web design came together and the blogging started happening and the social media started to take off, I just, it was a perfect combination for me. I was already a bit of a designer from a graphic standpoint, and uh, the marriage of those three things and the online world exploding about social media just kind of led me into professional blogging. Fast forward four or five years later, I'm now CMO of a digital marketing firm, and we do uh, SEO, we do uh, web design, branding, and we also do social media management, strategy, and marketing. That's so great, and what I love about both of your stories was like, your passion for digital marketing was born out of a desire to be useful, which is what we yeah. should always be trying to do. So thanks for sharing your stories. So for our viewers, we're going to spend the next 30 minutes talking about social media and strategy and tactics, and it's going to be great. So let's just jump right in. And the first question that I want to ask you guys is, what topics or platforms in social media have like really grabbed your interest lately? We all have like hot topics that are on our minds. So what's on yours? I'll tell you one thing that you know that I'm sort of really excited about. We we know that visual content has been a big trend for the last two years, and it's, it's only getting bigger. It's not going away. And now that visual content is sort of moving into this motion visuals or live video. And that's really exciting for me, especially coming from an acting background as well. That's one thing I left out. I actually came out to California to be an actor, uh, like you do. So being in front of the camera is something that I love and enjoy and uh, you know, entertaining people. And the fact that technology has gotten to the point where video is so in demand and so easily accessible and so easily capturable you know, in our pockets with us all the time, it's really exciting for me to see the emergence of it and the evolution of it and how people are using it in different ways for, you know, not just for business, but also for uh, hobbies and, uh, you know, just for fun. So that's really exciting for me. I think for me, it's the implications of live streaming video. And I want to put that word implications in there because there's a, there's a lot of people now talking about, you, know, you get Brian Fanzo and Joel Kahn and Carlos Gill and all these people who are talking about you know the hottest trend is is the live interactive video now what we're doing right now but also you know with things like snapchat and uh, periscope and blab and these kinds of platforms and there's a lot you know that that's going to be the hot topic at a lot of the social media conferences this year but i'm more interested in the implications of that and i think one of the things that's waking us up to is it's hard for those of us who are social media people but have a content marketing heart is the uh, the ephemeral nature of social media, accepting that, that social media is so much about the moment and it's about the experience. It's something, you know, that you are just one little drop in a flow, in a stream, that's what we call it, right, when you look at your stream online. Uh, and so rather than kicking against that, which, which I did for years, just made me crazy that, you know, I want everything I do to last for eternity and be put into a, a big, solid, you know, gold-bound book. But that's just not going to happen in most people's mind. And accepting that and saying, all right, beginning to look at what do we do with that experience in the moment and how do we use that moment, which may only be a few seconds, it may be 30 seconds, if we're lucky it might be a minute, two, three minutes. How do we use that to make an, an impression upon people that gets us across the threshold, that gets us in the door with them? So 
among many other things, that's one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot lately. Okay. Thanks for sharing. I guess I'll answer the question too. We've been thinking a lot in our media department about Snapchat. It's like been on our minds because it's crazy and it's different than everything else and we've been trying to dive into that along with a lot of other things. We're going to talk more about Snapchat later, so we'll get to that. So Dustin, your session at SMX West is called Getting Images Right in Paid Search. At SMX East last year, we live blogged your solo presentation on trust in images, design, and color. So at SMX, you'll be joined by a couple of experts on the podium beside you. So just what's in store for this session and what can we expect and how will it be different from last time? What do we have to look forward to? Well, I think it's really exciting for me, again, being a social person, that I get to share the stage this time. Because of schedule conflicts last year, it ended up being a solo session. It wasn't really supposed to be. So this time around, we're going to get three distinct perspectives and three distinct aspects of getting images right. My segment is going to specifically cover sort of the psychology, design thinking, you know, color psychology, design principles that are easily grasped and we're going to try and fit it all in the context of display advertising because if you've ever tried to do display advertising you know there's a lot of things to do there's a lot of different sizes you gotta memorize there's a lot of different you know use cases and, and it's just a difficult thing so we're gonna try and hone in on that one area and uh, talk about display advertising and uh, as I talk about theory and psychology in design some of our other presenters are going to talk about tools to utilize to make it easier for people to do you know, all the various display advertising sizes and uh, configurations and optimizations. I'm not sure what the third person is going to be talking about. It escapes me right now, but undoubtedly it's going to be a, a great series of conversations that we're going to have. I'm really excited about it because uh, as much as I love being on the stage, I also love hearing other people's perspectives and experiences because it I think it was Emerson who said that I can learn something from every man and woman. He, you know, he was back in the day where they said men and not women. He wasn't very politically correct. But there's going to be a, a very wonderful lady sharing the session with me. Her name is Laura Thiem, I think is uh, how you pronounce her last name. She's the CEO of BizWatch. And we also have John Lee from uh, Clicks Marketing. I'm just super excited to, to share the stage with other smarties. That's great. I really enjoyed your session at SMX East. Um, Thank you. Yeah, there were lots of tips in there. One thing that I guess I always did that I knew I shouldn't have been doing, but you had a great reminder not to do it, was putting text like so close to the edges when you're trying to fit all that in for 20% on Facebook. But that's not okay because it looks sloppy, and you reminded us that we need white space and borders. And thank yeah. you for the reminders. You're welcome. My pleasure. So, Mark, your session at SMX West is going to be the social media clinic. What question are you sure you'll be asked at that session? Okay. Well, there's, there's a few that I can always be sure that I'm asked. I've done several of these. The social media clinics are a lot Google of fun. Google Plus. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't on my mind, but probably will come up. But social media clinic is just a time when there will be three of us on the stage who are experienced social media marketers, and it's open forum. People can ask anything that they want, and there's always great questions. But a few of the ones that, that just always come up, and you're always going to hear are, you know, the first one is always going to be, how can I get more followers? Well, let me go through the questions first. You know, how can I get more followers? How can I get more engagement? And then, you know, what's the, I've got limited time. I can only get so much. What's the most important thing I can be doing? 
on those. So to go back and, and answer those quickly, first of all, how can I gain more followers? Well, my response to that is always you know, refocusing the person on what do you want more followers for? You just want a number? I think that's becoming less and less valuable. There's, you know, we could talk about the whole subject of social proof, and there's a certain amount of value in that. Somebody looks at your Twitter followers or your, um, you know, your followers on another network. That may be a, a kind of just entrance point, but it's, uh, it's much more important who are those followers and why are they following you. You can get a lot more business value out of real fans, people who are really interested and uh, targeted at your business and, and what you provide and that they have the problems that you can solve than you can out of, out of large numbers. A lot more to say about that, but I'm just kind of giving the outline answers here. As the question of you know, how can I get more engagement is, is very related to that. Again, it's more important to ask yourself, you know, what do you want engagement for? Uh, what are you doing with that? Again, is it just, I think we, you know, as social media marketing professionals, we need to be moving on beyond just these simple metrics that we used to take to the boss and say, see, we're doing good social media. We have lots of likes and we get lots of reshares and, and things like that. Those aren't without some fundamental or basic importance, but going beyond that and digging into, you know, what are people liking or sharing? Why are they liking or sharing it? You know, what is it saying? Who is sharing it? Those are all you know, much more important questions. And then finally, when somebody asks, you know, what is the most important thing I can be doing now, I cheat and I say there's two things. Uh, I think one is learn everything that you can these days about paid social promotion, uh, especially on Facebook. It's just critical. It's, it's, it's so crucial. And, you know, it, it's time to get past all the whining, especially on Facebook, about, you know, oh, Facebook took away my organic reach, and I worked so hard to get all these fans, and now, you know, my posts don't reach them. Well, they may have done that, but they've actually given you a gift, and that gift is something that you could never do, even if they were showing your posts to all of your fans, and that is getting the right content to the right people and actually putting it, making sure that it's in front of their eyes at the right time and the right place. That targeting, it's worth paying for, and on Facebook right now, it's still, if you do it right, it's still pretty cheap. So that's that's the number one thing to learn. We're spending a lot of time in Stone Temple consulting, learning about that for ourselves and for our clients. The second thing is with your organic approach to social media, concentrate far more on building relationships than on just broadcasting or just you know trying to get your message out to as many people as possible. That's where the organic value comes in. The people that are seeing more of your content are people who have indicated some interest in it. They're engaging with it in some way. And most of the networks, even even Twitter now, is going to begin for many people to show more content to people who are interested or indicating interest in that content. So take advantage of that. Those are the people that you want to spend time with. You want to be interacting with them in the, whatever limited time that you have, showing them that you see them, that they're there, that you're real and you're responding to them means a lot and it moves them on to that next step where they're more likely to become customers. Okay, well those are great answers. If you get asked those questions, you are definitely ready to go. So, okay, I have another question for you, Dustin. If you could eliminate from the universe one common design mistake, what would it be? <laughs> Man, it if, if Mark cheated with two, I would probably have about a dozen that I'd really like to say. <laughs> okay, you can have two also. Oh, okay, so two. You know, you were at my session at SMXA East, and I'll probably reemphasize this point at West, whereas P3 
people often forget that the point of a visual, of a graphic, whether it's an advertisement or a banner or you know a header for a website or even a header for your social profiles, the point of design is communication. The point of design is not to look pretty. As much as we try to make it look pretty, we try to make it look attractive and nice, the overall goal is to communicate a message. And so for me, anything that distracts from that message is counterproductive to what the overall goal is. And so the number one thing that I often find is a hindrance to communicating that message is clutter. So if I could eliminate one design faux pas or mistake or blunder, it would be the elimination of clutter. In marketing, we talk about honing down your message or honing down your story. Wheel Media, we talk a lot about narrative and how to put together a, uh, a good narrative for your website design or a landing page. But that same rule applies to graphics of any kind, any sort of visual. It's all about what one message are you trying to communicate, and especially in a display ad where you have you know, 250 pixels, maybe, to communicate a message, to get somebody to click, you have to eliminate anything that gets in the way of them getting the message and taking the action. So clutter. Clear out the clutter. Say it as simply and effectively as possible. And I think the other design concept that I think I would uh, emphasize is, is color. The use of color can be a make or break point for some ads. And there's a lot that goes into color psychology and color theory. You know, I would ask everyone to, to do just a little bit of research about uh, color theory and how to use colors wisely. There's a lot of tools out there that can help you put together color palettes and um, you know, coordinate colors. But also, you always have to keep in mind that if, if it's too colorful, it blurs out the message you can't see. And again, all about communication, right? So use the right colors, the right amount of colors, and only use colors strategically to get people to take the action that you want them to take. Yeah, I could probably rant on uh, for about an hour about color theory. <laughs> but those two, color usage and clutter. Color usage and clutter. That was a great question, Christy. Um, since we do a lot of fast-paced graphic design for our Bruce Clayton content, I think those design tips are always really helpful. And there's more where that came from, but we're going to take a two-minute break. When we come back, find out what Dustin and Mark think of the social media platform that some are loving and some are totally left confused over, Snapchat. Is it possible to use Snapchat for business? Stay tuned for more SEM Synergy. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, seen other SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PBC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Conversion Conference, the can't-miss CRO event of 2016. Join over 750 people from dozens of countries gathering in Las Vegas, May 18th and 19th for the biggest industry-wide conversion event ever. 
four parallel tracks of top content will allow you to personalize the exact topics that you want to focus on. Interact with expert speakers at informal networking events and birds of a feather lunch table topics. Meet dozens of leading CRO companies face-to-face in the expo hall. Get hands-on with pre-conference workshops and master classes. Join us for fun activities such as zip lining and Tim Ash's after party in the presidential suite. Oh yeah, did we mention that it's in Vegas, baby? May 18th and 19th. Conversion conference last year sold out fast and it's expected to sell out again. So don't miss it. Go to conversionconference.com for details right now. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. I'm Christy Kellogg, and today on the show, we've been airing my interview with Dustin Stout, CMO of LA agency Wheel Media, and Mark Traphagen, Senior Director of Marketing at Stone Temple Consulting. So I want to know what Mark and Dustin have to say about Snapchat. I think it's a really big deal because millennials are on Snapchat, And I see a new article like every day saying that businesses can use Snapchat and then I'll see a contradicting one that Snapchat is no good for marketing. So which is it? Personally, I'm really trying to get on the bandwagon and get more hip with all the funky filters. Yeah, and Mark and Dustin didn't necessarily agree with each other, which makes for a fun conversation. I also wanted to know a bit about Mark's recent interview with Googler Gary Yeish, so we're going back to the interview starting with that. So, Mark, I have to congratulate you. You had one heck of a successful hangout last week with Google Webmaster Trends Analyst Gary Ilias. I know I'm saying his last name wrong. Does anyone know how it's actually supposed to be said? Well, the funny thing was that Gary gave me a compliment during that show, saying that earlier in the show, you know, I had said it correctly, and he, he never grants it. He won't ever say it himself. I know. But it's, but it's Hungarian. I lived in Hungary for two years, two summers. So it's as close as I can get is Gary Eish. Eish. Yeah, it's I-L-Y-E-S, but in Hungarian that we pronounce Eish. But he's a great guy. 
Okay, so Gary E.H., who we all love, was on your Hangout, and it was just awesome. I was listening. It was so useful and so many takeaways. From your perspective, what were the biggest things you took away? Well, this is going to take us off social media a little bit because we didn't talk about that, and that's certainly not Gary's area. He's heavily invested in the search area, but just to give you a, a couple of things that I thought were important, number one was our discussion about rank brain. Maybe not all the audience has heard about that, but it was a huge announcement, a kind of announcement that Google doesn't make very often last year when they said that they were now using what they called the third most important factor in the Google ranking algorithm. It's called RankBrain. What RankBrain is is an application of machine learning. Eric Engar, CEO, just did a great article a couple weeks ago in Moz, people can look up, on you know, what machine learning is and how it affects SEO. So machine learning is basically, it's, it's, it's incredible stuff. It's where you design an algorithm that allows the computer to go out into the world, so to speak, and learn, and learn on its own, and, and learn by trial and error. So what they're using this for, what RankBrain does, is it, it allows the Google algorithm to learn from actual searches by people out there what they really mean for some more ambiguous or unclear searches and make it more likely that Google is going to be able to match them up with what they're really looking for much better than they could before. A quick example that, you know, that Gary gave was something like you know, RankBrain can now understand sometimes some negative qualifiers like the word without that the old Google algorithm simply skipped over. So you, know, you might search something, have been searching something like how can I build a website without spending too much money? And all Google would see before is build website spending money. <laughs> it might give you actually you know, a lot of very expensive results as a, as a matter of case. Well, RankBrain can understand that, you know, that in a more subtle way that we humans would, what you really mean by that and match you up with better content. So the only revelation that Gary had about that in our show was a good one, though, is that you know, RankBrain is now globally active. Uh, it's acting across... And we're going to be coming out with some content very soon at Stone Temple that's going to show actual results before and after that we believe are being affected by, by RankBrain. The next thing I thought was important was Gary talking about the Penguin update, the coming Penguin update we've been waiting for for so long that Google thought they would have out last year and then this quarter, and he said now it may not even come out this quarter. first important piece of news about that that he gave us is the reason it's taking so long is they realize how much... Google penalties affect sites. And if they get it wrong, it's horrific. You know, if a site is incorrectly penalized, it's not really doing anything bad, but somehow the algorithm pings it, that's terrible. And we all know that's, that's bad. So they are heavily testing it, and they want to make sure it's as good as possible before they put it out into action. The second thing was an interesting conversation about what that will look like, because it's supposed to be the first real-time penguin. I say real-time kind of with air quotes meaning that it will be a, the response will be a lot faster, whereas in the past, it could take months after you made change. Let's say you get a penguin penalty. You've, you've been buying links, you've been doing bad things out there, and Google penalizes your site, and you clean it all up, you work hard you know, to, to repent of your sins, but it could take months before Google would catch up with that and you would get restored or start to recover from that. Now, the recovery can be much quicker. You know, If you recognize you got a penalty, you make some changes, Pretty much at the next crawl, next time Google crawls your site, it will begin to see those changes and restore you to health. So faster response time. So that was one thing. And the third thing, is I'm speaking this in very quickly, and Chris, you're going to appreciate this, is both Stone Temple Consulting and Bruce Clay got a nice little shout-out from Gary 
where he just said that we kind of rock. And he was mentioning, he was talking about bad SEOs, and he said that's the number one thing that he sees from sites that get end up with a Google penalty is it's the result of they've hired some bad SEO out there. And he said, you know, we know the sites that you guys do, Stone Temple and Bruce Clay, and he said, you know, they're all doing great. So that was a nice little, uh, nice little shout out. Oh, yes. Viewers, you can watch that at minute 53, second one of the Hangout. You <laughs> know the do. exact minute and second. I do. So. You have it written down, too. <laughs> That's awesome. Gary literally says SEOs, well, some SEOs, can do magic. And then he said Bruce and Stone Temple Consulting, and we were pretty excited. So you can check out that at minute 53, and you can also learn about Rank Brain, and you can learn about Penguin. Okay. <laughs> So those are the things that you can check out in that video, which is awesome. So we have five minutes left, so let's just move right along. An article came out on February 13th, and it was from Quartz.com, and it's based on Pew Research, and I'm just going to share a quote because it applies to what we're talking about, and this is going to get into Snapchat. So the quote is, Today the newest data increasingly supports the idea that young people are actually transitioning out of using what we might term broadcast social media like Facebook and Twitter and switching instead to narrowcast tools like Messenger or Snapchat. So instead of posting generic and sanitized updates for all to see, they are sharing their transient, goofy selfies and blow-by-blow -blow description of class with only their closest friends. So you guys, are you using Snapchat? How? Are you using it for your brand? Like, what's the goal? Tell me anything you think about Snapchat. Well, I started using Snapchat a few weeks ago. It's, you know, again, one of those things like I thought I would never do. And then I saw some really great people I admire who were using it and using it well. And so I started playing around with it. And, you know, it's just, just personal, my personal account so far, and just experimenting with it. I haven't done any branded content with it yet. But I think the, the bigger thing that we're seeing going back to that research that you just talked about is this, this shift of, of people who realize, like, most people aren't like us. You know, <laughs> we like to broadcast. We like to be, you know, get our message out broadly and as widely as we possibly can. Uh, I was talking earlier about how, you know, it was really hard for me to accept ephemeral content. You know, I want my content. And, and Nicholas Cardo from uh, Social Warfare Plugins, I noticed in the comments, promised that he is binding all of my content that I've ever put online into a gold-bound book. So thank you for that, Nicholas. But the reality is that more and more people today, especially the younger people, they don't care about that. It's very important for them to be seen by their friends and for them to you know, communicate with their friends and people that they know. They really don't care, for the most part, about you know, broadcasting to a, to a large audience. By the way, I read, a, just quickly on that, read an interesting article this morning that was talking about how some of the big mall retailers that, that have aimed at the young, younger market are really hurting now. Like Abercrombie and Fitch type stores are you know, losing sales. And one of the reasons that they're thinking now is because young people, you know, they don't really care about that. They just want, they want to buy stuff quickly that they can immediately share and display and just to their friends. So, you know, online retailers, some of the uh, newer stores that can move faster, they can get fashion out faster than these these older, more stodgy stores are the other things. So it's even affecting retail. Dustin, what are, you, what are you thinking about all this? Personally, I hate Snapchat. <laughs> I, uh, I think it's, just like you said, Mark, it's, it's all about the in-the-moment, quick, disposable content. And that's sort of how I've termed it. When it first began to come on the scene and people were talking about it, 
you know, really what it seemed like to me was a way for people to do stupid things and have it disappear and not worry about it showing up and haunting them. And for those of us who are professional content creators or people who are just craftsmen in a way that they like to create digital things and, and keep them, you know, it's, it's completely unappealing as a platform, as a professional platform. Let me clarify that, a professional platform. As a communication tool, sure, it works great. But, you know, I think the big problem is just the generational problem that keeps following society as we go. The adults do something and they think it's cool and the kids think it's not cool, so they want to do something else, right? So our generation or this current generation of adults and professionals, social media was the big thing for us and still is. We still love it and live it and breathe it and beat people over the head with it. But the millennials, well, I can't really say millennials because technically I'm a millennial. But, you know, everyone who is sort of after our generation saw the adults or the older folks getting into social media, and it's just not cool to them because adults are doing it. So as far as a marketing platform, while it's getting a lot of buzz and uh, a lot of people are talking about it, I'm still not convinced that the marketing value. I don't I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you and push back on it. Get on it and look at what some of the brands are doing on it. Some yeah. of the big brands with the story feature because that is the key now. Everybody thinks, you know, we, us old people, we think of Snapchat as being a thing like, right, you have to send a selfie to your friend and it goes away in, in, in 10 seconds. The stories now are the, are the big thing and there's people doing incredibly creative stuff with that. And think back to what I said at the beginning that we, I think that the hump that we need to get over, us older people, with this is, you know, being so married to our craftsmanship and our content that we don't realize that for most people it's the experience of the moment and there's some brands out there that are right. giving me tremendous experiences that make an impression uh, even if I'm never gonna because you know what 99% of the content you and I have ever produced whoever's read it never looks at it again so right. it's already the case right. right but the one thing that I wanted to get at too is one thing that we always consider when it comes to any platform is user intent right and so what I'm, what I'm sort of getting at with Snapchat is if the intent of the younger generation who's using Snapchat and in love with Snapchat, if their intent is simply to communicate with family and friends and more marketing entities come in and sort of just try to barrage their typical marketing messages and you know, stories and whatnot, while it might be creative, I'm still not sure that's how the, the next generation is going to respond. And I'd love to see some studies. I'd love to see some real tangible ROI about brand lift and whatnot via Snapchat. Uh, but I just haven't seen it yet. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm saying it's going to be a difficult shift because this generation, as you said, Mark, they want to be on there to talk to their friends and family. They're not on there to find marketing messages and you know, see brands. So while we're investigating it here, it's just we want to understand everything, obviously, and get our hands dirty. But something, and I agree too, I'm totally confused by Snapchat. Like, as a person, like, I don't, it's, it's just crazy. But anyway, but I did find you could put, like, um, you can make, like, rainbows come out of your mouth, and you can make yourself a dog. So I guess right. that's cool if you're in high school. So what we're, like, thinking about, though, in terms of, like, marketing is a brand, like Mark said, can use it as a publisher. So that's maybe where the opportunity is for a big brand like Coca-Cola or Victoria's Secret or whatever it might be. Um, and it's really interesting to learn that 
kids don't want everything they say public. We, I guess we've all thought that people don't care about privacy online and it looks like we're wrong um, you know, for the younger millennials. I think the one key, if you're a marketer, when you're looking at this, is that you've got to be creating content that people want to see on the medium. And what I'm talking about, what you haven't seen, Dustin, what you need to go see, is some of these brands are doing content that is, it's highly engaging, it's entertaining, it fits in the medium, they're getting it. And so even young people, well, they don't care if it's a brand, if it's, if it's entertaining and engaging them. You know, I, I, I follow lots of brands on Instagram that I, I like to see on Instagram because they're posting photos that, images that I want to see, that they're, they're attractive, they're great. So, you know, I think that's what we need to be thinking about is that the challenge with us, I think, is, as marketers, online marketers in particular always is, we're always going to have our personal prejudices and our own feelings about, you know, I feel, I like this platform, I don't get this one, and we've got to get over that because if, if the market is there, you know, we, get, we maybe need to find a way that, to communicate with it. Awesome stuff, Christy, and thank you, Dustin and Mark, for sharing. What was your favorite part of that, Christy? Oh, I loved when he mentioned that Gary said Bruce Clay can do SEO magic. That was kind of awesome. I think we'll be celebrating that one for a while. Totally. I also liked when they shared stories of how they became digital marketers and both came to this out of a need to be useful in their original work. I did too. It's always really interesting to hear people's digital marketing origin stories. We've got more great interviews from before SMX to share with you in the coming weeks. So next time, you may want to join us for a really stellar lineup of SEOs who talk about links, the dark web, and a very impassioned plea for Google Search Console data. That's with Marshall Simmons, Casey Gillette, Shaw Menz, and Dwayne Forrester. See you next week on SEM Synergy. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.